Welcome to Trust Yourself, the podcast, where we learn that trust is earned and not given, even with yourself. We get to hear from all sorts of people sharing exactly how they learn to trust their intuition. They share stories of what happens when they did trust it and when they didn't. I'm really glad you're here. Stick around. Ten years ago, Jackson walked in to my office and got a psychic medium reading. You know, so many people have walked through my doors and many people in my position sort of say, you know, readings are just like in one ear and out the other. We, as a, as a reader, we don't tend to hold on to the information. A lot of times we don't even know what we're talking about. In fact, it's the sitter who resonates with what we're talking about. However, I do remember meeting with Jackson and there are a couple of reasons why the identifiers were so moving to me. He, he lost his parents. He was an orphan and we connected on a very deep level to his parents. Well, a few years later, after that reading, he wound up creating a radio story for the podcast Risk. And I didn't actually know about it. I was not specifically named, although you'll hear that I'm aptly described. And I actually found out about this podcast story because a couple of people came to me for readings and I said, how did you find out about me? And they said this podcast. You know, it's fantastically amazing to me that this reading was over 10 years ago now. And um, the readings that I do have just slightly changed. You know, you'll hear that we identified the spirits towards the end. That's changed. Usually when we're doing mediumship, we just identify them right off the bat. In the 15 years that I've been doing readings, the percentage of people who get back to me and share their experience at all is less than 1%. Um, People tend to keep these experience is very private. So they come through my door. I give them very valuable, life-changing, emotional information. And most of the time, I never hear from them again. Of course, I do have super fans that come back to me year after year. But even then, when we meet, I don't get to hear what happens in between the sessions, how these readings have affected them, what their experience of the reading actually was. That's why this radio story that Jackson created is just so beautiful. You're going to get to hear before, during, and after the reading. His story is phenomenal. And I think it really demonstrates not only the power of mediumship, but why it's so important that we maintain a connection to our ancestors, to the people that we have loved and lost. My entire career is dedicated to helping you trust yourself and never needing my services again. So that when you're walking around in the real world, you can know your dad is there, your grandmother is there, your best friend is there, your cat whoever it is that you have loved and lost, and they are not scary. So we're going to get back to our regular interview style after this episode, and we're going to be interviewing Jackson on the sister podcast, Dumb People. We have some amazing interviews already that we're just about to launch, 
on this podcast, Trust Yourself. We've got a WNYC host. We've got an amazing astrologer. We've got a technical engineer who's in the process of learning how to trust his intuition. All of those are really amazing and are ready to be released. So we're going to come back to the regular style of talking to people about how they learn to trust themselves, what happens if they do and what happens if they don't. After this episode, I hope you enjoy this really rare look inside a psychic medium reading. Enjoy. For as long as I can remember, I've always been an anxious, nervous wreck. I play with the buttons on the front of my shirt. My muscles are always sore with tension. I'm sweaty. Sometimes I'm doing all of these things. I'll clench my jaw. I'll, I'll just be as tight as I possibly can. And when somebody tells me to relax, I don't understand what that means because I, I just I don't know how. By the time I was seven, I had lost both of my parents. So I lived with my aunt and uncle and I grew up in a very turbulent household. There was a lot of tension and it sort of embedded itself into me at a very young age. And it's something that's always been with me. I've spent most of my adult life trying to come to terms with my feelings of loneliness and abandonment and, and trying to build a family for myself wherever I go. About two years ago, I was in school. I was in my last semester of school. Everything was piling up. I had work piling upon work. I was working on projects. I was trying to get my finals done. And on top of all of this, I was searching for a job, which made it even that much more stressful for me. And since I'm somebody that doesn't handle stress well, I wasn't doing well. It was about the end of March, turning into spring. One night I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to bed. I'm gonna go to bed at a decent hour. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna feel great. So I went to bed around 11 p.m. And as soon as my head hit the pillow, I fell right to sleep. I slept for a few hours solid, and then I remember waking up, and I didn't know what time it was or how long I had been asleep, but I woke up and my room was freezing cold. It was as if I were in a giant freezer, which was very unusual for this time of year. Even though it was just the beginning of spring, it was already warm out, I remembered before going to bed, having closed the windows, and I wanted to open my eyes and see if the window had somehow gotten open, but I couldn't. I couldn't move. I realized that my arms were crossed across my chest, just as tight as I could hold them. I was like pushing myself down into the bed. I couldn't move my arms, and I couldn't open my eyes. And I just felt this like weight on top of me, and I was freezing. I thought, well, this is odd. I could be having a stroke or something is going on, something strange. And after a few seconds of just being so tight and feeling this weight on me, I heard a voice in my ear say, let your arms down to the side. I tried to release my arms. I couldn't. And I was getting freaked out. And then I heard the voice again say, put your arms down in a very calm tone. And all of a sudden I felt my whole body release. I was able to put my arms to my side and I opened my eyes and I looked around the room. The window was closed, the cold air was gone, and there wasn't anyone in the room with me. And I was freaked. 
freaked out. I couldn't tell if I had imagined this or if someone was in the room playing a prank on me. But everything was gone and everything was fine. And even though I was terrified, I looked at the clock and it was around 3 a.m. And I thought, well, nothing to do but to go back to sleep. So I went back to sleep. The next morning I woke up and I felt a very strange feeling, something I really couldn't remember feeling before. And it was a feeling of what I assumed to be relaxation. I felt good. I felt like I had finally slept a solid night. That day I had a session with my new psychoanalyst and I thought, I'm going to take this in and just see what he thinks about it. He's a great guy, but he's small, very dark, and seems very broody, and he sits in his chair, and he talks to me about Freud. I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, he's just going to eat this up. So I was lying on the couch, and I began to tell him what had happened, and the first thing I asked him, I said, do you believe in ghosts? And he asked me, you know, why was I asking him that? And I explained what had happened the night before. His reply was, no, I don't believe in ghosts. He said, I believe that you were having a very vivid dream and that your unconscious was trying to tell you something. I wanted to believe him, but I couldn't because I did believe in ghosts. And no matter what logic he was trying to tell me, I believe that I was visited by a spirit. And here's why. The previous year, I had been visiting family in Montana, and after having a few drinks with my Aunt Janet, she told me that my Aunt Dottie, who was the aunt that raised me, had visited a psychic several years before taking my sister and I in. The psychic had told her that I was going to be gay and that I would come out, and my aunt was furious that she was going to be raising a gay kid. So growing up, she always pushed me to be more masculine and tried to get me to be less effeminate. And she wanted me to join the military because she thought it would straighten me out. It turns out the psychic was right. And at age 16, my aunt found some gay porn on the home computer. I was the only culprit and I was forced out of the closet. This caused my aunt to disown me and leave me with my uncle and she moved away. At that time, we didn't end up speaking for the next two years because I knew she didn't want to have me in her life and to have raised a gay child. After learning of my Aunt Dottie's trip to the psychic, I had got the idea in my head that I wanted to go visit a medium to find out what my mom really thought of me. So as soon as I got back to New York, I looked online and I found a list of what seemed to be a legit psychic medium The next thing I knew, I was in her office for an appointment, and the psychic was a girl my age. She was shorter than me, busty, short hair, and she looked like an elf. She looked like she had just stepped out of a Lord of the Rings movie. And I thought, all right, like, this little girl is going to be a psychic medium and talk to my dead parents. Yeah, right. So she took me into a smaller room in the back of her office, and there was bookshelves with mystical things. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. And, you know, she told me that I had to pay her up front, and it was a lot of money. It was more money than I should have been spending, more money than I had. But I gave it to her anyway because this was something that I had to find out for myself. She sat me down in a chair across from me. She sat facing me with a table in the center, 
on the table, she had a little lamp and some crystals. And she asked me to write down 10 questions of things I wanted to ask her or questions about somebody in a spirit that I would want to know. And so I wrote down my questions and we went through them one by one and they were, you know, stock questions. And she answered all of these things and her answers were very general and broad and yes, you're doing the right thing. If you feel like you're not, then you're not on the right path. These are boring questions with boring answers and I'm not really getting what I expected to get out of these. Towards the end of my list, I had a question about my parents. And the question was, what do my dead parents, my mother and father, think of me? And she said, well, let me ask them. And I thought, all right, lady, go ahead. She sat there quiet for a moment, and she said, I have both of your parents here with me, and they'd both like to speak to you. I'm still very skeptical, and I said, all right. She said, your dad is here, and he wants you to know that he loves you, and he's proud of you. He doesn't understand you living in New York or your lifestyle there, but he wants you to know that he supports you no matter what your decisions are. And he said, every time you have a Miller High life, you think of me. And I was like, all right. So, I mean, it was funny because my dad did drink Miller High Life. That was his beer of choice. But I thought, you know, she must just be reading into this. This is a good guess. I thought, well, what about my mother? And she said, your mother is here and she has even more to say to you. Your mother wants you to know that she is here. She supports you. She loves you. And she thinks you're great. She wants you to know that no matter what, she's always there looking out for you. And I thought, that is very stock. This is very generic. I said, can you prove to me that it's my mother? She sat quiet for a moment. She said, your mother wants you to remember a time when you were around the ages of three and four. You would sit on her lap at the desk in front of an old Mac computer, and she would play a very specific computer game, and you would watch her play. And I was floored. This was one of the only memories I had left of my mother. She was, she was very young when she died, and I was only four when she passed, so I didn't remember a lot about her. But I remembered this. I remembered sitting on her lap and watching her play this game and feeling very safe. And I was just stunned, and I, I started crying. And I said, yes, you know, it, it is really her. And she said, your mother wants you to know that For your whole life, she's been acting as your guardian and that she loves you and that she's taking care of you for as long as she needs to and that she's not going to leave until you're able to take care of yourself in a way that is safe and healthy. And she said, your mother is acting as your matchmaker and she's looking for someone for you and she thinks that she's going to find someone soon, but to not lose hope and that he's out there waiting and she's going to find him for me. And the last thing she told me was that I needed to make sure that whatever career path I chose, it was a creative field where I would work with my hands. After the session with the medium, I felt fulfilled and reinvigorated. I enrolled in design school. I started my first semester and I'd never been happier. I was making clothes and drafting patterns and designing and drawing and sewing and tailoring and working with my hands and being creative and I I never felt more right than the path I had chosen and I was just going in the right direction. 
school went on and I would get stressed out and nervous. And then this thing happened with my last semester and the spirit and the voice in my bedroom. That next morning, I realized I felt so relaxed and at ease because I knew that that was the spirit of my mother getting to me to release the tension that was in my body and to just breathe and to know that I was getting a good night's sleep and that she was there watching out for me. I got through the rest of that semester. I graduated. During this period, I began talking to my aunt again. We made sort of amends and we have as much of a relationship as she'll allow. That's okay with me because I feel linked to her by blood and I feel it's my duty to be a part of her life. After I got a job, after I graduated, I met my boyfriend and we've been together for over a year now and I couldn't be happier with him. I think to myself, this is all illogical. If this doesn't make sense, scientifically, intellectually, I know this can't be true. I know that I have imagined these things. I've imagined my mother there and helping me. But then I look around and I think of my family and I think of the friends and family I've created here in the city with me and I feel, I feel so much love and joy and I feel like I'm being cared for. The only thing I can think is that it's my mother and she's there and no matter how nervous or anxious I might be, I'll always have those nerves, but I'll also always have her for as long as I need her, guiding me and pushing me in a direction of happiness and looking for inner peace. Today's sponsor is Cosette Beauty, vegan beauty, mind, and soul. You know, I really like to know my farmer. I go to the farmer's market and I get to know them so I know who is providing my food. I happen to know who's making my makeup and my makeup brushes, vegan and all cruelty-free. My friend Rocky and I went to psychic school together. We also went to seminary school together. Yes, we got ordained in the same ordination ceremony long ago. He is a kind, compassionate man who puts his heart and soul into his work. And I also happen to know pretty much every professional makeup artist that I have worked with knows Cosette Beauty. He's known for his brushes. I particularly like his lipsticks. It's basically the only makeup that I put on my face. So if you're ready to go vegan and compassionate, and of course, great quality, check out Cosette Beauty today. This episode of Trust Yourself, the podcast, is created, written, and produced by me, your host, Betsy LeFay. Music provided by the amazing and generous Ben Taumi. Thanks, Ben. If you'd like to find out more about me and my work, and specifically how you can trust your intuition, head over to BetsyLeFay.com. Thanks again for being here. See you next time. Oh yeah, and if you like the show, please subscribe and give us a review. 
it's one of the best ways to help us get the word out to other people like you. Of course, if you know anyone else that would find this podcast helpful, pass it along to them. Sharing is caring.